Hello and welcome to another recording on the Promotion Playbook podcast. I'm your host, Captain Josh Wells, and today we're going to continue this conversation about firefighter fitness and why this is so important towards your promotional test is that if you don't take care of your health, then you're not going to do well on the promotion. If you do get promoted and have bad health, you're not going to have that long of a career. So I'm working in this series to... Um, to help develop this main framework called the capacity pyramid. And so today we're going to start we're going to start breaking down one of the elements of that framework. If you're looking to take a promotional test and you haven't listened to the previous episodes, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to the the different recordings before this fitness series because I've talked about strategies and skills that will really help with your test. There's also been a number of interviews with people that have been successful with their promotions. So you can go back and listen to those. I'm going to keep doing for the next few weeks, I'm going to keep sharing about this concept of the capacity pyramid and how it can help to optimize your fitness. And then after that, after this will probably go in through October and then looking at November, December, we'll probably transition back in to making it specific towards promotional testing. Start doing some more interviews also to hear perspective from other people. So if you haven't listened to a previous episode, I'll start by just giving you a quick overview of this concept called the capacity pyramid. So this, this capacity pyramid is just a framework that I've been using over the past few years to help, um, to help take on some big physical challenges. And one of the, uh, one of, one of the events that I did was was a Ironman. I did a full Ironman event back in 2018. That was the year that I turned 40. And so from that, I've been learning how I can optimize my endurance and my training and uh, how I can take on these big challenges so that I can test these out. And then it, it helps me to better practice as a paramedic. It helps with my um, my family and friends in terms of dealing with the challenges that come up for our our physical bodies. So if you look at this, um, the framework is that there's this pyramid and the pyramid uh, represents your physical body. And inside this physical body, there's four life forces that we that uh, help to optimize your energy and your vitality. Those four are air, water, fuel, and function. So I'm not going to talk about those four today. Today, I'm going to talk about this concept of light. So this concept of the, this framework of the capacity pyramid is five life forces to optimize your capacity, which means to have more energy and more power, have more, more capacity to live your best life possible. So on the outside, so you have this pyramid and inside the pyramid is these four, these four life forces. And then on the outside is light. And on the left side of this pyramid is light represented by the sun. And then on the opposite side of the pyramid, so, so if you're looking at the paper, the left of the pyramid is the sunlight and the right is the darkness, or you could say it's represented by the moon. And so these are the, these are the elements of nature that really impact our, our energy, our vitality, and our capacity. So it, it is the first, the first of the five life forces that we're going to be talking about. And so we're going to get into depth on, on how you can optimize the use of light and darkness to experience your best, best health 
um, your best fitness and your, your, uh, you know, achieve the best physical fitness possible. Um, so I'll start with a story. So I mentioned the Ironman and in preparing for the full Ironman that I did back in 2018, um, I did a, uh, I did a couple half Ironmans. So the full Ironman is a triathlon that starts with a, with a two and a half mile swim. And then you ride your bike for 112 miles and then you run a marathon at the end. It's, it's a pretty challenging uh, distance. And you do that over the course of, you have 17 hours to finish um, that distance. So it can be pretty challenging. And in order for me to take that on leading up to it, I did a number of half Ironmans, which a half is you run, you, uh, you swim just over a mile, you bike 56 miles, and then you, you run a half marathon. So I did one of those and I did one of those in Tempe, Arizona in October. And um, I was in pretty good shape, but I got a little behind on, on the amount of water that I was drinking. So I started off, it was Tempe, Arizona. It was October and um, it was a little warm that day. So Tempe's just outside of Phoenix, Arizona. And it was a little warm that day. And I was looking at this as a training day. It was a half Ironman, but it was training because it was preparing me to do the full one a month later. And so I got on the bike. I was riding really good on the bike, but I, I don't think I drank as much water as I should have. Transition. Well, actually, so I did the swim just fine. Got on the bike. On the bike, I was going pretty, I was going, I was pushing it uh, pretty aggressively and kind of competing with other people and trying to, to make a really good time. I don't think I drank as much water as I should have. Then I got to the run and on the run is where I really had a challenge because the entire course was exposed to the sun. So we're talking about this concept of light and how light impacts your performance. And with the sun, um, it was like, it was right in the afternoon too. So is it the peak of the day when the sun is directly in the sky? At, I think, well, just a little bit afternoon is like one or two in the afternoon. The sun was the, the sun was directly upon me as I'm doing this half marathon. And it really took its toll on me. I really struggled to drink enough water. And I got a mile away from the finish line. And my my hamstring started to cramp up really bad on me. Fortunately, I was able to um I was able to take enough salt and electrolytes that I could overcome the cramps. But a big but um and I finished the race, but when I finished. I felt like absolute, absolute garbage. And so the problem with that was, was I wanted to do really well at this race. Um, I did finish it, but I really bonked near this run. And we're talking about this concept of light and how it impacts you in terms of, of heat and direct sunlight and how it can, one of the ways that it can impact you. And so for many of you that are, that are in the fire service, you might be able to relate to a, maybe you went on a structure fire or maybe you, um, you know, maybe you're on a wildfire and it was hot, or you you had, or maybe during your academy, or maybe a prolonged extrication or a hike out or something, and you had to do, you had to be outside working and it's really hot outside, and if it's really hot and you have direct sunlight, that has a that has a tendency to take away your energy, and so you think about this it is the practical application on this capacity pyramid is that you have that how to optimize the use of light and darkness. And the main way that we're going to talk about, the main way that this, the most practical takeaway from this is that you have to think of your body as an engine. And if that engine overheats, 
it's going to create problems. So the, um, the visual, in addition to this framework of the capacity pyramid, is when we talk about light, think about it in terms of your temperature. And think about it as if you're driving your car or your truck or, or the fire engine. I know a lot of times in the fire service, um, at least where I work, we'll, we'll do pump test. So every year we have to run the pumps the, on the fire trucks to capacity to make sure that they can reach that capacity without overheating the engine or causing some other flow problem. And a lot of times we have to constantly measure the temperature gauge. And it, it can be common on older engines that they'll overheat. And it's, the body is very similar to that. So, so the, the main takeaway is that if you want to optimize your energy, you have to optimize your exposure to light. And then also in reference to light is the, these dynamics of, of hot and cold. I'll talk about that a little bit more, but I wanted to get right to the main point is that if you're feeling that your energy is not optimal, you might want to pay attention to your thermostat. You know, it's common to pay attention to your temperature if, if you feel like you have a fever or something else. But throughout the day um, or during activity, you need to really pay attention to if you're getting too hot or too cold. And, and um, you can really optimize your, your, your capacity by, by managing your temperature. So I mentioned the Ironman race when I bonked and I ended up finishing that race, but I felt terrible. I felt like I was going to throw up after I had a headache and it was to date. I think that was the hardest race that I ran. And since then I've taken on, um, just two weeks ago, I took on a hundred mile run, didn't finish hundred miles, but I ran, I ran 61 miles and, um, it was a big push just a few days ago. I did the grand Canyon. I did the hike of the rim to rim to rim. And so applying these principles has helped me to really, uh, really do these big endurance race races without really beating up my body. Like I just coming back from the Grand Canyon only a few days ago, I still feel really good this week. So, um, so the takeaway is that I've done. So with this awareness of temperature is uh, a couple years later, actually just in 2020, a little over a year ago, I did this event called the 11 summits. And in this 11 summits, it was, it was a charity event to raise money for the nonprofit group CASA. And we hiked 11 different mountains in, in two days, it was like two days straight of hiking. We hiked 11 mountains. It was 50 miles and 20,000 feet of elevation. And it was physically a challenging event. Um, and a number of those mountains were down in the Phoenix area. So we started in Northern Arizona. Um, we did Sedona. And then down in Phoenix, we did a bunch of mountains. And um, it got hot. So during the day, it got really hot one of the days. And we were in the direct sunlight. And But we were fortunate because we had an ice bath down at the bottom of the event. So I was super hot on one of these mountains. I could tell I was getting fatigued. I was getting tired, jumped in the ice bath. Like within minutes, I felt my energy was totally restored. And it, it really brought me back to where I had a really strong finish with that event. So biggest takeaway. Um, so you have, the, uh, you have the capacity pyramid. You have this, this framework of this pyramid. And then on the outside of it is this, this contrast of the light and the dark. And the biggest thing I want you to take away is, is the awareness of the internal thermostat and how you can optimize that. So, so in practical terms, the way to optimize your thermostat is the first step is awareness. And so if you're out there and you're doing a really long hike or you're doing a fire academy or you're at a fire 
is that take take the uh, the necessary measures to cool down your body if you're getting too hot or if you're starting to get too cold, be aware of that and, and make sure that you stay ahead of the game because you can overheat pretty easily. And once it starts, it, it uh, you know, it can accelerate pretty fast. So you want to avoid the... Um, you want to avoid overexposure to heat. You don't want the heat exhaustion and you don't want the heat stroke, especially. And a big piece of that is hydration. But another piece is just um, different measures to make sure that you're you're staying within the optimal temperature range for your body. The other piece of this is conditioning. So uh, there, there's two resources that I would recommend you check out. So number one is, is ice baths and cold showers. A really great resource about ice baths and exposure to cold is through um, Wim. The, the name is Wim Hof, W-I-M-H-O-F-F. -F. I recommend that you download his app. There's an app, um, the Wim Hof app, and he's this guy from um, the Netherlands, and he's broken all these world records for exposure to cold. So he's a big advocate of cold showers, um, ice baths, and things like that. And there's a lot of other resources about this also, but I think his is the most, it's the simplest and it's the most practical and straightforward. So Wim Hof, and I encourage you that you look into conditioning your body to get outside of these, these um, don't get too comfortable in a set environment. And so in, for you to perform best under um, various temperatures, you need to condition your body. You need to condition yourself to get cold and you need to condition yourself for the hot. So one resource is the Wim Hof and to start looking into cold showers and ice baths because those can really help to condition your body to better adapt to the hot and the cold. And then the other thing is to look at doing um, either look at doing a buying a sauna or finding a place that has a sauna because there's tons of benefits to using saunas. There's a number of fire departments that are starting to implement protocols to where after they have a fire, they actually go back to the station, they clean all their gear, and then they go and they sit in a sauna for a certain amount of time. There's some places that have a bicycle inside the sauna so that you can sweat. And when you get hot, um, that exposure to that heat helps your body to sweat and to release a lot of the toxic things that you can get exposed to on a fire. So you can go to a you can get a sauna or find a place that has a sauna. The best saunas to use are infrared saunas because the light that they use helps that that light help, the light rays help to penetrate the skin and release more of the toxins than just the hot rock type of sauna. But saunas are great for the heat. Um, ice baths are great for the cold. Some other things for the heat is you might want to look at doing a yoga class in the heat. I personally go to hot yoga. Another name for hot yoga, a, a specific brand is called Bikram. Bikram is a specific brand of hot yoga, and it's really great for loosening muscles and for detoxifying and sweating out a lot of, um, you know, like if you, if you go to a fire, I've, I've been, I've gone to fires before and a day or two later, I go to a hot yoga class and I can still, um, I'll sweat during the class. I can still smell smoke because it'll sweat out of my pores. So, um, those are two resources. So the hot and the cold are two things you want to check out. And so now I'm going to get a little bit more into the problem and just give you a little bit more overview on how this awareness of light can really impact your, your performance and your energy and your vitality. 
I'm going to start with the problem. So the problem in today's world for many of us is many of us are in controlled environments. A lot of humans are spending, uh, as we become more civilized, we tend to spend more time in controlled environments. We're either in a car that has heating and cooling or we're inside of a building that has a uh, controlled temperature. And so uh, the problem with that is that one is that we're not exposed to these natural light cycles. So on in terms of how this impacts us and our exposure to light is that if you look at if you go back 100 or 200 years in the past or any time before that, humans have been uh, used to these natural cycles that occur. The sun comes up in the morning. When the sun comes up, there's a spectrum of light of red and orange and yellow light that comes up. When the sun's in the middle of the sky, um, things tend to heat up. And then there's also the, the, the light spectrum. There's more of that blue light spectrum during the middle of the day. And then again, in the evening, there's that, trans, uh, that transition where the colors change. Sun goes down, you get the beautiful sunsets sometimes, and then it's dark and you have stars and you have moonlight. But you have this cycle of light, transition, dark, dark, transition, light. And there's a lot that happens physiologically in our bodies with these natural light cycles. So as we get more conditioned to indoor environments, many, many, um, many people are living in bigger cities and there gets to be this detachment from the natural world. And one of the problems with that is that you look at light. There's a lot of light pollution with indoor environments. You have fluorescent light bulbs, you have LED light bulbs, and both of those um, by themselves are not, not optimal for our performance. They're not a good spectrum of light for us to be exposed to. Um, they're especially not beneficial in the evening time, because in the evening, um, you know, we're conditioned over thousands of years to, to be exposed to darkness at night, and then in the middle of the day have have these different light spectrums between light and day. And in the indoor environments, there's not that fluctuation of light in many of these environments. There's this artificial light. And to compound this problem, many of, many of us are looking at computer screens or we're looking at our phones all day and we're getting exposed to the light from these devices. And that going directly into our eyes is not something that uh, the human race has been conditioned to. So that if you start looking into this, it's actually leading to a, a lot of problems. It can interrupt. What you don't want to do is you don't want to look at your phone or a TV or a computer um, at least an hour before you go to bed. So ideally, you realize that when it's dark outside, the body is naturally used to a certain spectrum of light. So try to model the, the natural light cycles as much as possible and look at ways to... Um, to adapt your environment to model these natural stages of light. And I think what you'll do is you'll, you'll sleep better at night. During the day, you're probably gonna feel more energetic and you're not gonna just be uh, zapped from energy from, from this, this junk light that you're constantly being streamed with. So that awareness of light is big. And then we look at the temperature piece of this is that with the controlled environments, we're also not conditioning our, conditioning our body on a consistent basis to get used to the cold and to the warm. And the biggest benefits of doing the cold therapy is that when you expose your body to either a cold shower or a cold bath or an ice bath, um, 
it causes your cardiovascular system to constrict. And so you, you look at your the intricate web of your cardiovascular system. They say that if you were to take all of your, your blood vessels and the capillaries and you were to string them out, it could go around the world. I think they say it can go around the world three times just from one human body. It's kind of a generalization. Now there's different sizes of human bodies, but if you were to take all the blood vessels and the capillaries um, within your body and string them out, it would go for, for miles and miles and miles. And it's this big intricate web that keeps us all alive. And it is imperative towards your, your cardiovascular function along with your metabolism and everything else. So exposure to the cold um, conditions your cardiovascular system because it causes this vasoconstriction of your blood vessels. And then once you start to warm up, it redilates. And um, in addition to training your, your, your vasculature, there's all these other benefits from the mental, the mental conditioning. Um, it causes your body to release endorphins, and it also helps to strengthen your immune system. So it conditions your immune system to be more adaptive towards the cold and to the hot. The heat has many of the same other benefits, just on the opposite end of the spectrum. When you get exposed to heat, your cardiovascular system has the opposite effect of where it dilates things to try and keep you warm or try to keep you cool, and it brings blood to the surface, and so it does the opposite of that. And so if you condition both the cold and the hot, you're really going to optimize. It's kind of like going to the gym for your cardiovascular system. You're training your heart, you're training your blood vessels, you're training your mind to breathe through it. And you, if you're conditioning your breath throughout this whole process, it helps you to build more resilience, more, more mental fortitude, and it just makes you a, a, a stronger, more resilient human being that's ready to go out and, and deal with the elements of this world and not just have to stay confined to a, a conditioned space or a conditioned car for your entire life. So I think that's the big takeaway of this is just the um, the concept of this pyramid. So just looking at this framework again of the capacity pyramid, we have the pyramid that's in the middle, and then we have the light and the dark. And these two forces are constantly at play. And you can look at, I guess the other thing to pay attention to on this is paying attention to the, the opposites that exist. So with polarity, there, there's one way of gaining energy is, is from polarity. So you think about a battery, it has a positive and a negative charge. Because it has that charge, it's able to produce energy. Um, you, can also, you can also say the same thing about um, with humans and intimate relationships, is that if you have a, a, a masculine person and a, a feminine person and they get together, they tend to have um, there's a connection there. There's a, there's an emotional charge when you have that masculine and that feminine energy, um, and you don't have it if it's like a masculine and a masculine or a feminine and a feminine. Um, you've got the light, the dark. So so not to get too much into the weeds here, but um, there is a light and a dark, and so paying attention to the cycles between these two and really working to optimize both the light and the dark. The more that you rest in the evening, the more energy that you're going to be able to access during the day. And so I know a big part of, of Western culture, that especially in the fire service and first responders, is we often tend to think that we can just 
push through things with our own willpower. We don't need sleep because part of our job is running calls at night. So instead of sleeping, we are going to, uh, you know, just drink an energy drink or drink more coffee and work out and push through it. There's a lot of benefits towards being driven and having that drive, but it, it, it can only go on for so long. Um, and it's not as sustainable as it is to, to tap into to the natural forces of, of, of energy and really optimize both the awake um, light daylight cycle. And then at night, just realize that even if you choose to work at night, just try to set up your environment so that it, it, it more closely resembles the, uh, the, the spectrum of night. So you can get, so for, in terms of the light at night, is that you can get blue blocker, I think they're called blue blockers, uh, blue light blocking sunglasses. You can just buy them on Amazon or anywhere else, but get uh, the blue light blocking glasses. You can wear those at night if you're on the computer or on your phone or even watching TV, and it's going to help to block that light spectrum so that your brain isn't getting the stimulus from the blue light at night. And it's going to help you to sleep better at night. And it's not going to interrupt your sleep. When you do go to sleep, make sure that the room is as dark as possible because any type of light when you're sleeping can interrupt your, your stages and your cycles of sleep. The other part about sleep is that for most people, most people tend to sleep best in a cool environment. So if, you know, usually for me, it's anywhere from 59 degrees up to like maybe 69 degrees. I tend to be a cold sleeper, but I know for most for most people, sleeping, they sleep better when it's cool than if it's warm. So that's another thing at night is that during the day, there tends to be this expansion and um, like this warming up, this expansion of things. And then it, at night with the darkness, there tends to be a contraction and more of a rest cycle. Thanks for listening. Uh, I'm going to bring this to a close on this conversation of light. And then for the next four episodes, we're going to talk about the rest of this capacity pyramid. So how do you optimize light? And then the four areas that represent inside of the body is air, water, fuel, and function. And all these are super practical that you can put into practice that can help you to um, really make the most of your physical body. The, again, the resources for this is I encourage you to check out the app from Wim Hof. He has an app that is also going to help with the breathing part, which we're going to cover on the next recording. So Wim Hof talks about ice bath and cold exposure. And you also might want to find a sauna or buy a sauna. They're pretty inexpensive, especially you can find them used sometimes. So you can buy a, lot, a sauna. I have a sauna in my house and an ice bath in my house. And I utilize both of those because it's really get, great to get the benefits of both the cold and the hot. Thanks for listening. Um, I wish you the best. And um, if you really start looking into this, there's tons of resources to help you um, with to best manage the, the light. So a couple other things to consider, the blue light blocking glasses. You also may want to look into getting a salt lamp is a good, a good thing to have at night because it gives off a good... Um, a good color of light, but they also say that the salt helps to um, kind of purify the air also. So uh, you just look up on Amazon salt lamp. That's some, that's a good, um, a good light source to have at night. It's a good neutral color of light, but they also say that the salt helps to neutralize and to purify the air.
Thanks for listening. Um, I wish you the best and uh, appreciate any feedback you have. If you want to, if you haven't seen a visual, uh, there's a visual diagram of this capacity pyramid. It could be helpful as you're listening to these episodes on on the visual piece of it. And then I encourage you to put it into action and to try and to test these things that I'm sharing with you. I don't have all the answers, but I, with with the um, with applying this so far, it's really helped me to 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 feel great and to recover from some of these big events and to really just overall my health and fitness has done really great applying these concepts of the capacity pyramid and not just me, but there's tons of people that are following these resources that I'm sharing with you. This concept, uh, if you look up Wim Hof and you start looking into the following that he has, he has some major, um, some big celebrities, uh, major athletes, and a lot of big names that are, are applying his technique and getting really beneficial results by applying the technique of the breathing exercise combined with the cold baths. Also, um, yeah, so look into it. Don't take my word for it. Do some research. You'll find there's tons of people that are sharing this message and getting great results from it. I wish you the best, and I look forward to sharing the rest of this concept with you, and then we'll get back into uh, specific things for promotion on um, once we finish this series. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.